Welcome to the Dump Him podcast, discussing all things modern day dating, learning to love yourself, and when you should just dump him, or her, or them. Hi guys, welcome back to the Dump Him podcast. I'm Francesca. And I'm Kitty. And welcome to episode 13, unlucky for some. But hopefully not us. Yeah, hopefully not. Um, guys, I have to apologise now for my slightly screeching in the previous episode. I was in a, a very good mood and I listened back to it and realised that at points it was very loud through your earphones. So I apologise now. Yeah, but also just turn it down if it gets loud. But then, but then you have to turn it up again when you're speaking because you're yeah, not screeching in I'm, like I am. I'm just too quiet. I'm quieter than you. So I'm just like mellow. But I'm feeling energetic today. Yeah, we've taken opposite roles. I just keep getting lots of texts today, actually. All right. Jesus mm-hmm. Christ. Big name. I know, and I've been really busy on calls all day, and my phone's been oh, up. Have you? Okay. Mm. <laughs> Preach about it. Have Jesus. you? <laughs> I've, yeah, but I don't need to tell everybody because they, they know I'm on it. I think. Oh. Oh, I hope so. I hope so. Um, so, Franks, how's your week been? Next question. <laughs> it's oh, been good. Me. It's been fine. Like I said, I'll update you when I have something. Let me just say, I'm just going to clear it up now if anyone's wondering. The roster is populated. There's people on the roster. Hmm? The roster. You know, the op- roster. my options, my team oh, sheet. No. Oh, okay. They've, there's some players on there. Okay, okay. I'll tell you how when many, they make how it many in. we're talking. That's confidential, but for mm, all our listeners, a few, but not that many. Okay, under ten. Oh, over five, good. under ten. Uh, mm, I would uh, maybe around five, maximum five. Okay, yeah. Right. Any more we than that? It's just difficult admin. You don't know what you've said to who. You need to. I agree with that. Yeah, you have to scroll back up and take a little look sometimes. Very tricky. Mm. How's your week been? I want to know. My week has been good. I did go on a date this week. Oh my um, god! I asked in our girls group on Facebook. It's a closed girls group. Any girls who are listening, you're welcome to join. It's called the Dumping Podcast Community. What's the bit at the beginning? Help. Oh, girl help. Girl help the dumping podcast community so i did a little post on there because my date was taking me bowling um mm-hmm. and i've never been on a first date bowling and i didn't really i kind of had a rough idea of what to wear but i just wanted to know if anyone had any little little yeah. tricks up their sleeve i have so, obviously, as we've discussed been bowling on a date before yeah I, I was thinking that as soon as you said it i was like francesca is gonna laugh her head off when i say I'm literally going bowling. when you said that i was like have you not learned from my mistakes <laughs> <laughs> you not listen to the things i say to you it was it was his idea because i was like oh let's do something fun so i, was like, I don't just want to sit in a pub and how is bowling fun i don't think that's fun mm. so we made it more fun okay so he did drive an hour to come and to come and meet me which was very kind and i drove about eight minutes um <laughs> if that um and actually i got my mum to drop me off so i could get a taxi home and i honestly felt like i was 15 again getting dropped off of my day oh my to go bowling <laughs> Um, see if that and, was me my mum would have like sat outside with binoculars to like look at me <laughs> so 
No, I got her to like drop me off a distance away in case he was already there and he like saw me getting out of the car. From oh my God. <laughs> so it's just my mum dropping me off <laughs> again. I was like, oh, no, this is embarrassing. Um, so we went bowling and what I did was I had a little Google before because I was like, what is a bowling date like? Because obviously I Google everything. Um, and it suggested some sort of fun like ideas to make it more fun. So the first one we played like just standard bowling. I'm not going to lie. I was absolutely shit and he was really good. So he was like over 100 on his score and I was still like sub 20. Yeah, I can't bowl without the rack thing that they give the children. Yeah, but and I was the barriers up. Yes, I know. But I wasn't going to embarrass myself. He did say, do you want the sides up? I said, no, no, I'll be fine. I'll be fine. <laughs> I wasn't at all. I think I had like 80% of the balls just go straight in that gullet thing. Gullet? Isn't that what it's called? A gullet? A gutter. Oh, a gutter. (laughs) A gullet's like your esophagus. Oh my god. The gutter. See, anyone else? I said that so confidently. No one else would have realised. I didn't. Sorry. I'm just trying to help you because one no, day okay. someone else I'm, might notice. I'm trying to help you educate you. And it's going to be really embarrassing. So, anyway, so the first one we just played standard, and then I was like, let's make this a little bit more fun. So, I was like, okay, so you have to think of a number, and if you get under the number or over the number, whatever it was, then you get to ask the other person a question. Now, the number thing got a bit confusing by the end. So, essentially, we just did after each time you got to ask a question. Um, and it actually went, but it was like, what kind of questions? Because did that go a bit like 15-year-old, like, where's the furthest you've ever gone? How many people um, have you snogged? Uh, no, it was more like what the three things you look for in a person okay. or, or like in a date, in like a potential person you would date. Like, do you have any siblings? Are you close with your family? Those sorts of, you know, fundamental questions you have to get down. Um mm-hmm. So that helped. But the thing is, what I found about bowling was it's very awkward to have a conversation because like one of you would just have to leave every time and the conversation would stop and then you sort of start it up with something new, but you wouldn't really finish. That's literally 94% of the problem with bowling. The other 6% is the them watching you from behind. But that's what I just find really awkward about it because most of the time it's just you taking turns and then you have that crossover of like when you're coming back and they're going up for their turn yeah exactly and also um every time we like stopped to have a chat like a sit down and have a drink we got this flashing thing going you're playing too slowly and so we had to like keep going you couldn't just sit like i think you could sit for like five minutes at a time and then oh my god so we then like went to the bar after for a drink um but he was a really, really nice guy, but just a, a massive introvert. And I'm just too loud. Like, I'm just too overbearing. But also, I want someone to be loud with me. I don't want someone to have to, like, someone quieten me down. Mm. That makes sense. And I felt like I was having to be more quiet around him because otherwise I would have been screaming in his face. And I didn't really want to change myself. If that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, no, that makes sense. He was, he was such a lovely guy. He's exactly the sort of person, like, you wish you liked um but there was just no sexual chemistry on my behalf yeah no a few um, of those. but i told him that night and that was that and you know we still follow each other on instagram that's nice that's lovely Success. yeah <laughs> okay so that that was my date uh, i mean if you're dating for instagram followers then i would you achieved what you were going for <laughs> no i i thought i thought it could be onto something you know but there was no spark I think 
in terms of like dates that you can actually talk to each other because i always think like a beer pong date would be fun like something like that Fun, yeah, i guess you can't, you can't really pro- like, yeah if you're getting to know someone it's actually a bit awkward maybe if you're on like yeah, date but five, i think know. you and i date differently i think your dates you like to like interrogate them and like have a yeah, deep conversation whereas like i'm interview. more like let's have a fun social night out together and then like the kind of getting to know each other will come after after i guess because i would Ooh, I tell you where I want to go. I want to go to one of those darts places, actually, because I think I'm really good at darts. They're, they're like a good date. I still think the um, the best activity date I had was still the mini golf. That was a good one. Oh yeah, I would recommend that to people. Yeah. See, I just need to actually arrange a date to be able to arrange any of those things. But I'm hoping I might have uh, another one soon. Problem is. The problem is, as I don't actually uh-uh, have time. No, ask, answer the question. I don't care about how busy you are. With who? Okay, I'm not going to lie. There's three potential options. I'm not sure which one's going to come first. I love it. <laughs> She's filled the roster. <laughs> oh my god. But I don't have availability for like the next. Wait, two can weeks. I know who the three potentials are? Are they from dating apps? Yeah. Yes. One's been on the scene a while. Okay. Um, oh, I mean, okay, interesting. Maybe we'll have more to report on over the next couple of weeks. If Boris of weeks, lifts yeah. his fucking curfew. Hold on, hold on, hold on. I would be in bed by then anyway, to be fair. This guy asked me out tonight and I was like, oh, actually, I'm going to be recording till 8.30. And he was like, oh, damn, if it wasn't for the curfew, we could have done something. And I was like, well, actually, my bedtime's 9pm, so no, we wouldn't have done something anyway. I just, like, I work, like, I only finished work at, like, 7 p.m tonight yeah so once i've like had a shower beautified myself and i've got like and then got somewhere across london i've got like an hour so there's no point to me so you need to big up your saturday nights to potential suitors no maybe yeah i feel like we're gonna do an episode franks maybe two weeks time on why you're not dating at the moment that's uh kind of personal uh because maybe that's a conversation I'd... No, I was not going to make that joke. I was going to make a really self-deprecating, like, well, I should discuss it with a therapist, not on my podcast joke. No, but, I, think, I think it would be a really good episode, because I imagine a lot of people in the same situation as you. Yeah, okay, let's do it. However, that said, I am also now frantically trying to secure a date over the next couple of weeks, because... Yeah, okay, but even if you do get a date, then I think we can still yeah, discuss... Yeah, I can speak about why. it retrospectively, yeah. Yeah. yeah true. And yeah, then actually, maybe actually. then also, you know, your experience then after you've been on date, how actually it wasn't... You sort of built it up in your head, probably, like quite well, a lot of the let's save that for the episode. Sorry. I'm jumping ahead. You are jumping ahead. But yeah, no, good idea. I agree with that. Okay. Um, so, we have a dilemma... I'm excited. Are you ready? Yes. So, my boyfriend and I broke up on good terms due to him needing to work on himself and get through his depression while I do the same and improve my well-being. Good. Was it Fine. naive? Was it naive to say that I will wait for him until he's ready for a relationship again? Yes. Oh, okay. My automatic response was no. Okay. Explain to me why. I think I think it was very mature of him to realise that he needed to work on himself. If that is the actual reason for breaking up, by the way, mm-hmm. we, can't, we can't trust anyone. So, you know, 
Take it Especially, with a pinch of salt. Yeah, we cannot. Obviously then good for her to work on herself. I mean, I think it's very kind of her to say she will wait. But she... Oh, I'm actually changing my opinion in my head as I go along. I feel like she needs no, more no, clarity. She needs more clarity on that. So if it's a definite we will be getting back together within the next year, fine, wait. If he doesn't give you any sort of time frame or when he thinks he might be able to get back with you, then don't put your life on hold. Uh, I disagree, but I in uh, sort of not completely, if that makes sense. Okay. I think I I'm completely all for breaking up because you need to work on yourselves. That's a completely fair thing to do. Um, sometimes you just don't grow together in the right way, and that's that's a fact. Mm-hmm. It's shit, but you have to you know, go your separate ways and it's for the best. But I always think people put so much weight on like, we can't be together right now, but we can be in the future. And actually, when does that ever happen? And when does that ever happen? You get back together and then it works. Yes, there are a few examples of people who broke up for a bit, went away, did their own thing, got back together and it worked. But they're the exception, not the rule. Like, that's such a rare occurrence and we obviously cling to those examples because it's romantic but for the most part if you and also another thing is also you you, that may well happen like organically but don't force it like the fact that you're actually sat there waiting for him and not like you're not working on yourself properly then if you're working on yourself by not being in a relationship you would be doing your own thing a hundred percent freely and not sat waiting for him to come back to you I just think like I don't think it ever works especially like if you both go away and freely do your thing and meet other people and live your lives completely separately as you should do to work on yourselves I just don't think it's healthy to come back together after that like for the most part it just creates more jealousy that puts you your relationship fully into the grave in a few months time and I also know people who've broken up with someone that they really loved and were together for a long time and at the time they've been like look you know if, if they we if he works on himself maybe we could get back together in the future and da 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 because he needs to mature or I need to mature and it doesn't like I have a friend who broke up with somebody because she felt like they weren't growing together properly and um he ended up like and at the time she was saying like you know if if we were to get back together in the future like because we loved each other so much and his reaction to the whole situation has been so unreasonable and so like aggressive and horrible and said nasty things to her that she's like, you know what? You've just proven me right. How could we ever come back from this in the future if this is the way it is? And I don't think that's necessarily what's going on there. Maybe it was a completely amicable, friendly breakup. But I just think you're not actually going away and working on yourself if you're waiting for the person to come back. And I don't actually think you should ever wait for someone like that. If it happens, it happens. But I think that's such a rare occurrence. It only happens in like 2% of those situations that I think is actually quite very naive and kind of silly to put your life on hold waiting to see if you're in that 2% when you could be having fun and moving on and thriving and getting on with your life. I think Thank you, you for a- coming to my TED talk. <laughs> <laughs> um- I think you make a really good point about working on themselves if they're just waiting for the other person because also you you know you need to be single to love yourself and you're not going to be properly single Amen. That at home waiting for someone because mentally Amen. you're not single right you're still thinking about someone else 
Amen. Praise. Um, interesting point. I mean, I think sometimes, you know, that obviously amazing saying um, that was said with irony is maybe it's the right person the wrong time. Um, I feel like in a lot Don't of believe situations, in that. yeah, I feel like in a lot of situations, this, this sort of phrase is said in a way to make people feel better about their breakup. Yeah. And people use it to comfort themselves. It's like, oh, we can't be together right now, but maybe we can in the future. It's like, no, let yourself feel the hurt. Face up to the fact it's not working. If you go away and grow separately, who says you're going to like grow at the same pace and then come back together you could go off and be wildly different people because you're living separate lives now like i think it is a nut and it's sad that that's like a coping mechanism for people is to be like oh well i'm actually going to put off this heartbreak for a bit longer by weight clinging on but imagine when you find out he's moved on with someone else you're just put you're actually putting off your pain for another day Mm. when like like i said you it's just very unlikely chance you'll be in that two percent like please do prove me wrong like i would love them too but i just don't think it happens i think it's i think with the um sorry to interrupt with the build-up pain as well it's like when people go from long-term relationship and jump into the next long-term relationship and it's like how you haven't let yourself grieve the previous relationship and then when they eventually break up with the the sort of the last person of their long-term stint and it's really hard for them and you see it quite a lot and it's almost like they're grieving all the other relationships at the same time yeah i mean it's a bit of a weird analogy but it's like when you drink on a hangover you don't yes, then wake up off. yeah you're just put, and in fact you're actually going to feel worse in the worse, end because you yeah. didn't tackle it as soon as possible and you just prolonged it but i think especially going through a breakup you know you have to i remember when i broke up with that ex last year and my friend was like god you're you're just so like rational about this it's so logical because some days i come in and i'd and i'd be really upset other days i'd be angry you know and i was just like i need to go through the stages each stage of grief to get there sometimes i'm going to be laughing sometimes i'm going to be crying you know yeah and i think it's really important that you have to face these things head on if you feel angry about it be angry about it if you feel sad about it be sad about it yeah you know you're happy great be happy my last like big breakup i was i would say i lost like a good few weeks of my life in that i was just like on autopilot i didn't go out i didn't have a social life i didn't they weren't weeks i'll look back on fondly because i was just i let myself feel everything and i went through that like grieving process and i i had days when i was too sad to eat and then i had days when i would eat two tubs of ice cream and I had days when I would cry and I had days when I would laugh and I had days when I'd play shout out to my ex on full volume and dance around and I also had days when I would just like lie in bed not thinking like yeah exactly and I think by being like oh but we might get back together so you know I shouldn't feel this now like you're just it's keeping the door open but it's it's only slightly like again this might be like this might be naive for me because like we said, we're not mental health professionals and I don't know well enough about all those things to speak about it. But I always just think like it's, it's human to feel emotions like that. And it's not weak to feel things like that. And I think in a way it's almost in like strengthening and character building to actually let yourself go through those things. Because then when you come out the other side and you go, Hey, I got through that few weeks of heartbreak and now I'm so much better. It like strengthens you more rather than 
constantly putting it off for next month, next month, next month. Oh, I'm sad because he's seeing someone else. But after that, we're going to get back together because it's just not. I think. I think also, you know, most people will have more than one heartbreak in their life. And once you have been through one heartbreak, you will get through any heartbreak because you know you can do it because you've done it before. Yeah. Um, but if, you know, if she, I don't want to say gives up on him, but she just needs to carry on with her life um, and slightly move on, to be honest, and not keep that door ajar. Because she'll get like- over it, she'll grieve, but then she'll be in a correct space if they do end up getting back together. Because I think it's one thing like planning your life around someone when they're actually in a relationship with you and treating you with respect and love. But Mm. if you're not together and he doesn't owe you any of those things, why would you trust him with your heart and your life so much like that by, by just giving him the control by waiting for you guys to get back together? I don't know. I just think have a bit more autonomy, like take control of your own life for yourself well, also, it's that thing, it comes down to he's living rent-free in your head. Mm-hmm. Just get them out. Mm-hmm. He's not He's not deserving of that mental space. So, completely agree. Completely. And that could, he could be the, the best, loveliest guy around, right? But for her own sanity and mental well-being, the longer she keeps the, the door open without being 100% sure it's even going to stay open, Yeah, the longer she's going to be feeling down about it. Yeah, because I feel like if things had got to the point where you felt like you had to end the relationship between the two of you so that you could work on yourselves, it can't be that rainbows and smiles. Do you know what mm. I mean? So, yeah. so if it got to that point, like what, what is there to hold on to? And I know you probably had a really long time when you were happy together, but... I don't know. I just feel like sometimes I think people, not a lot of people are willing to accept the fact that you can change and you can carry on changing. Even when you're in a relationship and you meet someone and you absolutely adore them for the first two years, three years, seven years, 20 years, you can change. You can both change. You can start going in different directions. You can grow apart. One of you Mm. can change. Like it can just happen and it's shit. It's like a fact of life and it sucks. It's something that is just bad about relationships but it is the truth and that's what happens. And I think people get so, they'll both change, but they'll be like, oh no, we're just going to go and like magically be apart, but turn back into the person we were before. And then it will all yeah, normal. and click and be right for each other. But that doesn't happen. Those changes aren't reversible and that's fine. That's a good thing. That's part of life and growing and growing through experiences and becoming the person that you are ultimately going to be. It's not something you should fight against just to hold on to a relationship just because it worked then and served you then doesn't mean that it needs to stay with your life going forward. I think also um, you raise a good point about if it can't have been all sunshine and roses if they had to break up at that point to work on themselves. And I think it comes down to the point that actually a really good relationship gets through the bad bits, not just the good bits. And that's actually when you're there for each other and when you need each other yeah I agree and I'm not saying if your relationship gets to that point that it wasn't ever good but sometimes it just isn't that good anymore you know and, it's and not anyone's fault the bit there. yeah and it's not anybody's fault it's just how it is because things change and it can go from being the best healthiest relationship in the world to not being and that's mm. life and it's yeah it's like it really sucks it's something that like has caused a lot of people a lot of heartache over the years and like myself included and people that I know but sometimes it's just what happens and you have to 
feel the pain and then grow, grow from, from it, it. And talk it up to experience and it will inform the person that you are ultimately in the end like the yeah. person that you are when you're 70 80 years old and you look back on all these life experiences you have it will just be another one on a long list of all the things that made you who you are yeah god that got deep sorry i just went i felt like we answered our question (laughs) maybe not the right answer she wanted but yeah i just uh, i feel like that was really tough love but i feel like sometimes you just gotta say it it. like you just have to cut the ties i was gonna say cut the umbilical cord but that's not it um you just have to cut, rip rip off the band-aid. Okay, so for our discussion topic this week, uh, Kissy has an article. Article? Yeah. yeah. Um, I actually haven't seen it yet, so I'm quite intrigued to see what it says. But we thought we'd kind of go through it, break it down, break it down, and work out whether we, uh, we agree with it. Okay, so I have a bit of background. I've been sent this article four times now. Um, <laughs> it is slightly going viral, so you may have seen it. And it's technically about millennials, okay, which Francesca and I actually are not. If you actually, uh, really what? We're Generation Z. Are we? Sick. If you were born 1995 uh, and... Okay, if you're 25 and older, you're a millennial. If you're 25 and younger, you're a Generation Z. So it's not technically about us, but we are very close to. Yeah, yeah. um, Very close to it. And I think a lot of it is quite relevant. We also date millennials on a regular basis. So it's called Why Dating a Millennial is So Screwed Up. And we're going to read it in sections. Screwed up. Yeah. And then, uh, so the little blurb. When we were younger, romantic relationships seems so much simpler if we like someone we told them and if they felt the same we got together these days things are endlessly more complicated and frustrating and dating as a millennial is seriously screwed up now this slightly brings me on to a topic uh, a mini mini diversion which was actually after i got back from my date this week that my mum dropped me off at and she sort of asked how to go and i was like look it's really nice it wasn't wasn't for me mm-hmm. she's like, oh that's disappointing and i was like well it's not really disappointing you know it's fine and she said well yeah but you know it wasn't she wasn't saying it was a bad use of your time but it was more she in their day you know if they met someone and then they asked them on a date they knew they already liked them because they'd met them yeah that's fair whereas with us we spend a lot of time going on a first date and that's meeting someone for the first time with no idea if there's a connection there or not yeah but I mean we were talking the other day about like um what it was like dating as a teenager and I just remember like I cleaned up like it was so much easier to get a boyfriend when I was like when we were like six, mm-hmm. 15 16 I know um, and one as well just less serious it, but also like now there's just so much like back and forth and game playing like I thought it was complicated back then but we had it so easy I think um, also with dating so I, apps it's grass is always greener isn't it yeah exactly uh, but I also feel like people are much more like psychologically aware nowadays like at this age so we're a lot more like it's not so much like what are you up to doing this what are you doing my homework what are you up to it's a lot more like I don't know gameplay and complicated so I do yeah. agree I agree with this intro okay so number one we ghost as a way to end things If we're no longer interested in someone, we don't need to tell them. We simply stop responding. If someone did this to us in real life, it would be completely psychotic. But because it's over text or an instant message, we've somehow resigned ourselves to thinking it's okay. Newsflash, it's totally not. Even in the golden ages, the Dear John letter was left on the table in the foyer. 
But now we're lucky if you even get a typed string of characters saying, I'm sorry, it's not working. Yes, I guess. But also, I feel like if a boy didn't reply to us when we were teenagers, we were a lot more like, what's up? Why haven't you replied? Text me back. Like, we were a lot more shameless. Whereas now, like, if someone doesn't reply, I'm just like, okay, I get the message. And we'd like, when we were younger, we'd like, get their friend to go and ask them or, you know, like, yeah, it was bad. It still makes me cringe thinking about that. And I, so I think ghosting is, yes, it's communicatively not a good thing. But also I think we're, the fact I I just think communication is changing I think it's just a way that we speak to each other now that maybe wasn't around back then yeah and I mean look we've spoken about ghosting a lot um I would be a hypocrite if I like massively criticized it because it is something that I do just because I do I'm proud of it but but it happens so okay number two we're hyper focused on sex Sex is scarily available. We can have it simply with a swipe of a finger. There's zero effort made into getting to know someone for who they truly are unless we're willing to undress and show the most sacred parts of ourselves first. And most of the time, sex doesn't lead to a relationship. It leads to heartache, confusion, and another one-night stand with the next person. Again, yes and no. Like, I hate this perpetuating thing of like everyone's having sex all the time you're not having sex right now well you're in the minority mate like that's not true that's not true people are not having sex every night of the week like people are not having sex many nights of the week or (laughs) any like it's I think that whole thing of like everyone's just banging each other constantly I think that's not true I think that's what people want to think but I don't think that's necessarily the case but in also at the same time, like, I mean, it, it, what we comparing? Yeah, I mean, compared to like our parents' generation or maybe how things were when we were younger, yeah, like there's more sex going on and people are more freely willing to do it and you wouldn't like wait like you, our parents, well, maybe our grandparents' generation would have done. Like, yeah. Like, but I don't, but I also don't think people are banging every night of the week. Like I've, I don't, I've not come across, I agree with the sex always doesn't lead to a relationship. Like, and I, I, yeah, I agree with that, which is why I put my two month rule in place. But, (laughs) um, I've not, I've personally never gone out looking for just sex and maybe people have with me. That's why I've been naive. I don't know. Um, but I don't feel like it's we're hyper focused in the way that this article seems to think we are. Yeah, exactly. And also in the same vein, like people, people, the attitude to sex has changed in that people. I think I don't know. I'm not. I'm not um, articulating this very well. But say like our grandparents' generation, like they wouldn't have sex until they knew like the relationship was secured because that's like the the societal norm. Yeah. But now we're a lot more liberated around sex that article kind of makes it sound like everyone's doing it all the time but also everybody wants a relationship out of it and actually we're sexually liberated to a point now that people can just do it because they want to and maybe yeah. you don't want to speak to that person afterwards and it's not a bad thing it's just like a physical want thing like it's yeah it's like scratching an itch do i think that means everybody's doing it all the time no but i also think if people want to do that it shouldn't be seen as like a Oh, that's why you're bad at dating because you wanted to have sex with somebody. 
Yeah, as long as everyone's involved just being honest with each other, then I just can't see, and, and obviously being safe, then I can't see what the problem would be. Yeah, I agree. To be honest. Okay, number three. Um, we're in a competition of who can care the least. Showing actual emotions is heavily frowned upon. If we show our cards and act like we're interested, it leaves the person we're affectionate about turned off and running in the opposite direction instead of being flattered that we actually give a crap about them. There's little gratitude for honest and happy emotions. I think it's... There is some truth in it. If you've been on one date with a guy and then you tell him you're in love with him, that's weird. Understandably, someone would run a mile. But at the same time, I think it's just different to how it used to be. Like, obviously, we're more adept at playing games and we can use texting to, like, create an element of distance. Like, obviously, that's... And we're, you know, we're not our grandparents who were just, like, looking, you know, younger than us and looking to get married and start having children. And, like, just that was the, the norm to just get into a family. Like, I don't... I, I just yeah the thing is though it does it does come down to like oh you can't text too much and all oh, they're texting you a lot but you know the same way that I wouldn't go on a dating app and you know reply to a photo oh you're so fit you know even if I think it and I find it a bit weird when people do it to me because I'm like you don't know me at all you're just based that off the one picture mm. um I just think like, it's like but I don't think it's just about dating. I just think that's how people are in general. Like, and to be honest, I mean, I can only really speak as being someone who lives in like London because we're known for being fucking emotionless and <laughs> not being forthcoming <laughs> with compliments or anything like that. I don't know. I just think that's kind of like a meh point. I'm like, and mm. that's just how we communicate. It's That's not necessarily a bad thing. I don't think meeting someone and straight away being like you're beautiful I love you I can see this going somewhere and expressing all this like gushy lovey stuff I don't think that's gonna make it any better I think almost having an element of distance where you get to know each other and you kind of you don't lay it all on the table yeah I think like that actually helps getting to know someone rather than bloody planning your wedding after two hours on a date um okay this brings us nicely on to the next point number five we're too strategic about our responses responding right away comes across as desperate and too available it's amazing how millennials view the luxury of having instant access to communication as something we need to treat as if we're still using carrier pigeons instant messaging is just that it's instant but we still withhold our response times to try and show how busy important and unattached we are what backwards and bullshit logic. Yeah, this article was written by someone who's like 45 years old. Like, this is just written by someone who doesn't actually understand that that's a very normal way to communicate. And just because you don't understand it because you're a boomer. Okay, boomer. <laughs> but why would a boomer be dating a millennial? No, this is my... It's probably one of those like, oh, these kids... My daughter said... Like you can't text back too fast. I don't understand what these kids are doing. I think it's bullshit. Like that's, do you know what? We're actually very effective communicators. That's why we're good at it. That's why we can have a bunch of guys on the roster and be communicating with them all at once and have them all lined up for potential dates because we're good at communicating through messaging, through the like non-written cues of 
time replied and you know whether you reply at 1am or whether you reply after 30 seconds like those nuances are actually a really good thing they're like I think they're they're a good idea also it's important if I was talking to someone and I only ever got responses at two o'clock in the morning I would not be talking to them for very long exactly imagine if like you know in the olden days (laughs) when they like communicate by I don't know letter or yeah house phone telegram like that must communication must have been so much harder but here without even using words i can communicate what i want from a guy just off of the timing of when i respond yeah I completely that agree. is i am actually pretty great because sometimes it's hard to use the words to say you're just a booty call or i'm yeah. actually not that interested i'm just keeping you on the roster as a backup which you can do by replying at in the middle of the night or, or every three days, days. exactly yeah. <laughs> Well, I think that's a bad thing because you can communicate how you feel without having to explicitly say it and you can also understand what they're communicating because the vibes are clearer. Well, exactly. If you reply to them after three days and they reply back immediately, it's clear you're on different pages there. But you wouldn't know that if that was a telegram because you've got to wait for the telegram man, postman. Or if you were both talking immediately, well, at some point, someone's got to stop and do something with their life. The telegram guy's going to be naked, (laughs) running back and forth. Well, the fax machine is going to run out of ink or something. Ink. Okay, right, next. We expect a perfection that doesn't exist. Social media and thousands of dating profiles shoved in our faces leads us to believe we're entitled a fairy tale life that truly doesn't exist. We write people off for a minor detail and quickly look for the next best thing that we'll somehow also find flaws in. Nothing is ever good enough for millennials. We fail to realise that relationships are a balanced bond and that with the amazing things come imperfections as well. I disagree. Well, no, I agree, but flipped on its head. So I don't think that the whole society beauty standards thing, I don't think that makes us more critical of the people that we date, but I think it makes us more critical of ourselves and then probably more reserved about how much we put ourselves out there. Because if you think about... If you've got a bit of cellulite or a bit of, you know, whatever's going on, a bit of jiggle. When you actually get naked in front of a guy, he's never going to be like, oh, well, you don't look like the girl I saw on my Instagram earlier. So you need to get out. We've said this before. They're never going to do that. But you might not let yourself get to that point because you're feeling insecure. So I think it's, I I don't think it's ever like, I would never, if I was actually getting to know a guy dating, I'd be like, oh, well. He doesn't have the six pack of the Calvin Klein model I saw on my feed earlier. But I think it, the other way around, I would maybe be more like insecure about myself, which would stop me putting myself out there, if that makes sense. You know what I think? I actually think, um, I think it's quite a good thing and I think it raises our standards. Really? I think the more that we see these amazing things happening, the more, and I think this is what they're saying, is we believe we're entitled, but actually... I don't think we should settle for less. If, no. if it's happening somewhere, it can happen again. It exists. Mm, right. I don't yeah. think I really agree with that because I just know of things like Facetune and Photoshop where like literally that person does not exist like that. Like you're no, but not like, uh, but no, if you see, you know, cute couple activities and I mean, people having fun. That could also be fake, I think. But if, if, you, if you kind of believe it enough that it could happen, then why can't it happen? Yeah, and like I see what you mean about 
it makes us raise our standards. I don't, you know, I don't think having high standards is a bad thing at all. I just, my point of view would be like, I don't think it makes, I don't think it makes me have higher standards about the people that I'm interested in, but I think it maybe makes me more reserved about putting myself out there because I have insecurities which come from social media and this whole, that standard of things. I, I mean, I, I just think, you know, if you see someone that's gone, been taken by their boyfriend on a surprise weekend to the Shard and they have filled the room with rose petals and balloons and champagne and you've seen it on Instagram, well, then I think I'm fully entitled to believe that could happen in my relationship. Yeah, and I guess to an extent, but also maybe I'm cynical because in the back of my head, I'm like, sis, I know he's cheated on you. For example, there's a couple of which you might also know a couple of girls that their boyfriend cheats on them and then they're doing all these cute things and going for date night and going on trips away and I'm like but I know that he cheats on you yeah but but we can't make we can't make a claim like that just because one couple has done it that every guy who does something nice to their girlfriend is cheating on them that's not what I'm saying. I'm just saying. Okay, that's I, what it sounded like. That's not an assumption that every... Okay, sorry, I misspoke. I don't mean that every guy that does those things is cheating. I just mean that when I see examples like that, like on my TikTok, I know that there are couples out there where there has been infidelity and then they still put on this front and look like the cutest couple ever. So that's kind of in the back of my mind. I don't, I don't necessarily take things at face value and go, oh my God, girls, I'm so lonely. Well, I do, yeah, I, but then I, I go... I, that's the point though isn't it actually everything we see on social media we have to take with a pinch of salt and that couple they might look fucking fantastic on the outside but actually on the inside they could be going through a shit storm in their relationship exactly but you don't know that but my point is if you see something really nice on social media um just that's what i'm saying i think that could still very much happen in your relationship yeah no same i think so it hasn't to me but if anyone (laughs) I don't want to take me up the shop. There's still time. Okay, seven. We're overloaded with options. We don't believe we need to settle on anything because there's always someone better looking with a better family life, better hobbies, or someone with a better bank account. We move from person to person, and even if we land on someone that makes us feel great and we could totally devote ourselves to in a relationship, we're never quite willing to give up the search. The never-ending journey becomes more exhilarating than the actual prize itself. If I've said it once, I've said it a thousand times. Having options is not a bad thing. Having options is a good thing. Because, but all, oh, I just, oh, it makes me annoyed. Because, yes, okay, if I can see at face value, you would say, oh, but there's so many options and you can just move on to someone else and the search never stops and we're all instant gratification and we're never happy, da 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 And I get that. But at, in the same vein, do you know how many, un, like, not every relationship 80 to 100 years ago was happy. A lot of them were fucking unhappy and they just stuck at them because they didn't have any other options. And once you were married, you were stuck there. You got to 18, you got married, you started popping babies out and then you were sad. And that's just what you lived with. And you got, you know, treated like shit and or either either side, and they were in unhappy relationships. Like people, they make this whole like, oh, our grandparents' generation, that was so romantic. But like, there was issues in their relationships as well. There's been issues in relationships since fucking Adam and Eve. Like, the, 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 since the cavemen, we know about that. So, like, oh, I just think 
yes, people love to go, oh, you young and you've got too many options with your dating apps and you could just replace each other. But that's a good thing. If you're not happy, you can cut it loose and move on. And yes, sometimes you're on the end, receiving end of that and that's shit. But guess what? Download Bumble, download Hinge, download Tinder. There's all your other options. Keep it moving. Everything's waiting for you. I, um, I actually think it's quite an interesting point. Uh, I would say, obviously, as I... I'm really out of breath after that rant. Like, that exhausted me. <laughs> I'm like, ugh. <laughs> Sorry, go on. Um, as I've spoken before, that I've been in love twice. Now, I can safely say in those two situations where I was in love, I wasn't looking at other people. So I wasn't looking at my other options. So I actually think this is quite an unfair um, statement. Yeah, and it's... if you do find someone you really like and you settle with and they have good hobby, hobbies, etc., and you fall in love with them, then you shouldn't be looking at other people anyway. It's irrelevant. It's carrying on that whole, like, ooh, young people are all sex-starved, horny, energetic people just texting all the time. And, like, no, we're very capable of feeling, like, love and monogamy, like, mm. traditional, but also at the same time, like, we can have options. It's it's a it's normal in society now and it's seen as liberating and healthy and i believe it is liberating and healthy and by options i don't mean having eight side hoes when you're in a relationship but i mean like when you're in when you're young and single and you don't have a commitment to be exclusive with anybody of course you should have a fucking roster yeah why are you putting all your eggs in one basket do you know how many people there are out there we can like easily meet people that you would never have crossed paths with with dating apps and instagram and stuff i think i don't think that's a bad thing i think it's a good thing if anything because then you're not like putting all your focus on one person and then being disappointed if it doesn't work out okay so number eight which i think is quite relevant for the both of us um We've become content with being alone. While we've been navigating the journey to find love, we've consequently committed our lives to ourselves and made them into something that's happy and rewarding without someone to love, which means it's that, that it's much harder to invite a relationship into our lives. That was a long sentence. We're fine on our own, so we won't leave our comfort zones for anyone. Sometimes we even find minor and trivial reasons not to because we're secretly happy with things just the way they are. Yeah, but that's not a bad thing. Does it make us hard to date? Like, does it answer the question of the article? Yes. But does it make us happier, healthier, well-rounded people with interesting and fulfilling lives beyond just being in a romantic relationship? Yes, it does. Also, like, do we have to date? Why is the whole emphasis on life that we have to end up with someone? This is one of those really boring articles where basically it makes it sound like the be-all and end-all is like being in a relationship, which it is Right, isn't. let me read the last two and okay. then I'm, I agree. I'm bored of this article. Okay. <laughs> I don't know why I've been sent it four times. Thank you, everyone. Yeah, thanks. Um, nine, we're always stuck in a grey area. Almost relationships and no strings attached sex are the millennial versions of commitment. We're left constantly wondering where relationships are headed, if any, and plague ourselves with wondering if we're wasting our time. No one is clear about their intentions. Some, some lie about their intentions entirely, just have their ego stroked for a while, and basically no one has a clue what the fuck is going on. I feel like this was written by like a very bitter person. Yeah, I'm like, okay, boomer, next. I don't even know if it's a boomer, but like it's someone very bitter. Someone just got dumped, they're like, Ugh. yeah. Okay, 10. We don't feel accountability for the pain we inflict onto others. When we've hurt someone's feelings, we don't feel even the slightest bit inclined to apologise 
or to make good on our wrongs. It's not our problem, it's theirs. A person's emotions, even if caused by something we did or said, is up to them to resolve. We feel entitled to walk around acting like complete losers with the expectation that the way it's received is a reflection of the person we dump our stuff on and nothing to do with the fact that we were the cruel ones. Yeah, whoever wrote this just got dumped. <laughs> Keep it okay, moving, so overall, sis. sorry for wasting everyone's time with the article. <laughs> um... That's very much from the perspective of like, they just got dumped, the other person has moved on already, and then they're like sat bitter, like, I'm going to get a writing career out of you. Fuck you, which you look, some people could say we've done with the podcast, so I'm not going to get too critical of that. But <laughs> like... Uh, Maybe it's because we're Gen Zs. I don't know. But If you want to criticise those things, that actually... If you, that's, I think it's subjective. You might think they're bad because you want to date like you lived in the 1940s. But some of us are living in... 2020 regretfully yeah <laughs> let, us, let us muddle through with that we've got enough on our plates rather than worrying about oh should did did you is it too soon to text but like just live your life let it let it move. do what you want do what you want this um okay so pet peeve of the week go on sing the jingle Da-da-da-da! pet peeve yeah okay everyone ready <laughs> i have a pet peeve um it's something that i don't know why i've not brought up before actually i know a lot of people who do it and it drives me around the bend oh my god hit me when you are having a conversation with someone and they continue looking down and texting on their phone wait was i doing that earlier uh you do do it quite frequently yes it happened happened over the last few days and it reminded me how much i So if I'm on my phone and someone asks me a question, I will say, please just give me a minute. I need to finish this. Yeah, I do try and do that. And then I can have my full attention. I know people who will ask you a question and then you start answering it and they pull out their phone to look at their phone. And so I actually now have got to the point where I stop talking. And eventually they look (laughs) up and like, yeah, carry on. And I said, no, I'm not going to speak to you whilst you're still looking at your phone. It's rude. It's disrespectful. And I wouldn't do it to you okay can i actually just defend myself here because i I realize that i do this sometimes i um actually have adhd and sometimes i will literally just open my like it's like impulsive i just i don't even realize i'm doing it and i'm listening to what you're saying but my because i'm just in so like hyperactive mode my i just open my phone and sometimes i'll literally like just open my phone unlock my phone and just like open twitter or something and i won't even look at it i'll just like scroll and then i'll just close it again and put it down and i do that literally I'll do that like as I'm waiting for the shower to warm up, like as I'm about to step in, I'll do it while I'm watching a film. I'll do it like... But that's fine. Doing it when... But it's when someone else is giving up their time, which is very precious. Time is probably the most precious thing you can come across. And, and then they aren't... Whether you feel like you're giving your full attention or not, for the person speaking, yeah, it very yeah, much it comes looks. across that it's... Are you on your phone now? No, I'm like looking down at my hand and looking sad. I'm playing with the <laughs> fire. I'm just like, sounds to be like, are you for real? <laughs> <laughs> no, I okay. Actually, I feel bad now. It's I'm how it comes across. Cry. It's fine, but if you want to do it before you get in the shower, I think everyone does it before you get yeah, in the shower. Yeah, but can I just say, I don't, I don't do it that much, do I? You do do it quite a lot. Oh, fuck. Oh, I'm never leaving the house again. I'm gonna go and cry. <laughs> Not as much as some people I know, but. but I also don't do it. I don't do it as like a, 
I don't know. I know it's. Helped. I don't think you mean it in a rude, disrespectful way. And just for everyone's, I'm just uh, everyone to say this isn't this isn't a chance for me to have a go at Francesca. Um, it's just slightly oh, ironic. So you're aiming. Pe- also does now. <laughs> okay, that's fine. Let me think of the next one. <laughs> no worries. My pet peeve is going to be when people aim pet peeves at you. <laughs> just roll it right back at you. I'll take it. I'll take it. Um, no, it's a it's a slight irony that is also something Francesca does, but. Um, but I, also, I don't group myself in with other people because I also notice when other people do it because I'm like, what are you doing that for? When I just do it, it's just like a, like a nervous tick. It's like I a- know, that's what I'm saying. It's how it comes across. And you will be in front of someone very important one day and do that and they will not like it. Okay, well, I'm going to my life to pull me aside privately and not embarrass me in front of, like, you know, quite a few people and just, like, tell me these things in a nice, gentle way rather than, like, aiming these... <laughs> barbed comments at me uh in a very public forum which literally anyone in the world could hear but thank you okay well i'm just saying you're probably not alone okay well i'm gonna start a support group for anyone else who's just been publicly shamed i can i can invite some people personally into your group (laughs) okay anyway on that note uh i'm gonna go and cry uh whilst not looking at my phone no, I've got everything off Thanks, my chest. Kitty. Yeah, I'm glad you're feeling great. I'm going to go and have an existential crisis, but that, that's fine. What's new? Have a shower um, whilst looking at your phone. I'll have a shower and like let the tears merge with the water so that I... Anyway, other than that, I quite enjoyed that episode. That was very interesting and fun. We just... Uh, you're bouncing on that ball, aren't you? <laughs> So basically, guys, what's apparently really good for you is to get a yoga ball instead of like a chair. Yeah. Because then you don't slump. You can't slump. And also it's so good for your back. But it's really fun to just bounce on. Yeah, I was actually saying the other day that I like desperately need to see a chiropractor from working from home. because The chairs I've been sitting on are just not doing it for my spine. See? To be fair, though, I'm still waiting for the day where I'm going to be on audio and video to my uni class and I'm going to go sliding the fuck off this ball. And I know it's going to happen. <laughs> it's the bouncing as well. It's like, what are you doing? And then I remembered you said you have a ball. I was like, oh, that's what she's doing. You look like you're on a pogo stick. <laughs> it's really fun. Okay. Well, on that note, I'll let you bounce away. Um, thanks very much for joining us this week, guys. I hope you enjoyed that episode. Um, very excitingly, we have another guest appearing in next episode um we can we will okay tell you what we'll give you a little clue it's a he he is coming on as a guest and very excitingly we're going to be asking him all the things that you ladies want to ask a guy but you've been too scared to we will be the investigators we will be the louis theroux of the podcast world and we will pick oh, your yeah. brain for all of the things that you've always wanted to know from a guy so and we will very exciting oh we're gonna dive deep Deep. Well, that sounds weird, doesn't it? No, you'd be diving deep. I'm an investigative journalist, deep. investigative podcaster. Mm. That's what we are. Mm. We're like Louis Theroux. Okay, we'll go with it. I'll be Louis Theroux. You be Stacey Dooley. I don't know who that is, but that doesn't sound like a compliment. It is. She's beautiful and very cool. And then very why don't you want to be her? Because I want to be Louis Theroux. Okay, fine. Because he loves Louis Theroux, like. Well, why doesn't everyone love Stacey Dooley if she's that cool and that pretty and that beautiful? <laughs> no, but like in a different way. Like Louis Theroux is a national treasure. Anyway, moving on. Um, so yeah, join us. I'm going to be David Attenborough. 
Yes, but how much does David Attenborough investigate? Who does he, he does, and the animal can. Okay, yeah. I mean, if we're gonna mm-hmm. if we're gonna treat men like animals, mm-hmm, I think we should. About time. Okay, okay, Kitty. <laughs> oh, Jesus Christ. I'm kidding. Um, so yeah, join us next week to hear all of the things you've always wanted to hear from a guy, and maybe some extra things. Mm-hmm. Some things you, you never wanted see. to hear, but we'll tell you anyway. Yes oh yes so thank you very much for joining us have a fantastic week see you next monday Woo! monday day bye bye bye